How's everyone doing this morning? Wasn't worship just absolutely incredible? It was amazing. It was amazing. I just love it. Just the heart for worship. So if, if, if you do not know me, my name is Matthew Giardino. Uh, I'm the missions director here at the Harbor. And what we get to do, my wife and I, is we get to do um, just go out into the community and love on people and just bring the kingdom of God outside of the church and into the, um, into the community. Uh, we get the opportunity to go all throughout Hammond, uh, the surrounding area, New Orleans as well. And so I'm thankful this morning to get to share this time with you all. Um, as many of you may know, we have a team in Mexico right now. So that's exciting. I, uh, I was um, talking with Michelle Bro uh, today, um, and she was just telling me some of the incredible, miraculous, uh, just the miracles and what the Lord is doing. So I believe the South is in this direction. Is that right? Can somebody confirm? Let's stretch our hands over there. And we're just going to pray for our team in Mexico right now. So, Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for what you are doing in Mexico. Father, I thank you, Lord, for just the, the, the burden that you have placed on Pastor Marvin's heart and on the harbor, Father, just to go to the nations, Father God, and impact the nations, Lord. And I just pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that your, your miraculous, Father God, will happen in Mexico, that healings will happen, salvations will happen. In Jesus' name, Father God, impact Mexico, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So I get to kick off our, uh, uh, our, our sermon series, Synergy. And uh, so that's super exciting. How many of you know that you, can't, you, you cannot um, completely impact the kingdom of God by yourself, right? It is the working of the body of Christ together. It's the arm and the leg and, and the nose and, and the mouth and all that working together. We cannot model Jesus Christ by ourselves. We cannot separate ourselves from the body of Christ and accurately model Jesus Christ for many reasons. One of them is because Jesus, uh, he desires connection. He desires connection with each other. Um, we see in the Bible that, that uh, family is very important. Jesus introduced himself to us as the, as the son of God. And so we see a beautiful uh, relationship between the son and the father. And so I'm super pumped uh, about this series. This is powerful. I get to share a little bit about the heart of evangelism this morning. Now, I want to, I just want to clear the air. Not everybody is an evangelist, but everybody is called to witness, to be a witness, right? Not everybody is called to maybe uh, go open air preach in downtown New Orleans, but everybody is called to, to impact the person that we uh, live with and that we work with, right? Is that right? And uh, in, in Ephesians uh, 4.11, actually, um, Paul talks about some of that and how, how it's, um, you know, you've got these different uh, people, and together, when you work together, you actually show, you, you show together, you show the body of Christ. And, and it's the working together that we're really able to model what, what Jesus did on the earth and what he continues to do every single day. And so I'm super excited. We get to edify each other, build up the body of Christ, empower each other, and, uh, and learn from each other, right? It's so awesome. I remember I was just uh, recently talking to, to Ricky just uh, last Sunday night, and uh, we were kind of jokingly just, we were kind of laughing about how, how different we, we are um, in, in our giftings that the Lord has placed on our lives. 
But see, that doesn't mean that you're that you can't learn and grow from each other. It actually means that you can probably learn and grow from each other that much more. If me and him were the exact same then in, in the giftings that the Lord's placed on our lives, then we probably wouldn't be able to learn as much from each other. We can inspire each other, encourage each other, but maybe not necessarily grow each other and learn from each other. So, so I just want to share a little bit about myself with, with you all. So I, uh, if you don't know, I grew up in Alabama, right outside of the Mobile area, a small town called Daphne, Alabama, if you're familiar with it. And uh, so from the age of um, around 11 or 12 to the time that I graduated high school, uh, that's where I was living. And, um, and even before that, I remember growing up, I was so shy and insecure. Um, I actually had a speech impediment because I was so nervous of what people thought about me. And it wasn't until about going into my ninth grade year where I had an encounter from the Lord. I was at a youth camp, and the Lord began speaking to my heart, and he really began just impacting my heart. And in that moment, the Lord, he said, I don't just want you to live like you know about me, but I want you to live in such a way that when people see you, they know that you truly know me. See, it's one thing to know about somebody. It's, a, it's another thing to, to know them, to, to be intimate, and to have that uh, communion on a daily basis with somebody. And uh, so I knew in that moment that the Lord was really confronting this uh, fear issue that I had, that what if people saw that I, was, uh, that I was a Christian, what would they think about me? And, and so it, it really started this journey in my life, I started this journey, um, and so I remember going into my ninth grade year, so that was the summer going into ninth grade, going into my ninth grade year, I had this little blue tag on my book bag, and it said, ask me about Jesus, and I remember walking into, into my high school every single day, praying and hoping, Lord, please do not let anybody ask me about you today, because I don't know what I would say if they did. Have we been there before? I've been there so many times in my life, and uh, I remember I had my, uh, my Bible and my book bag, but I wouldn't dare pull it out in front of any, anybody, but it was my book bag. It was with me. I carried it every single day in my high school. So going into my sophomore year, it was, it was like another, uh, t- to me, in my journey, it was like another step of boldness where I still had the little blue tag, but this time I had my, my Bible outside of my book bag. I carried it everywhere I went. Uh, even when I was at the in, on the at the cafeteria table, or I was in my uh, in my classroom studying, I always kept it on the table, and uh, and so I didn't say I didn't verbally say a whole lot, but it was something that I was carrying that's like okay, people are gonna know what I'm about now, and so I did that my entire sophomore year, and uh, going into my junior year, this 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 is the year that I would say that I really grew um, in my confidence. But not really just that, but actually my identity with God. Because when we grow in our identity, we naturally gain confidence. And, uh, and so my junior year was really the year that I was actually reaching out to my friends. I was witnessing to my friends. The, in my high school, there was this area. And uh, in this specific area, it was kind of away from the school, a little bit out of the way, out of uh, direct view. And uh, this was the area that people went to go do stuff that they weren't supposed to do, where they would use stuff that they weren't supposed to bring. And, uh, 
And so that was the area during, uh, in between classes, during breaks. That's the area that I wanted to go to. Why? Because that was the people that I wanted to reach from my high school. And uh, so I would go, and I wouldn't preach Jesus, and I wouldn't say, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, because I didn't feel in the moment that that's what I was supposed to do. I just felt that I needed them to know that I was there for them. That's what my goal was. Hey, I'm here for you. If you need anything, just let me know. And so I would go, I would be very consistent every day. I would hang out there with my friends. I, I would just show up and say, hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, and they'd be like, oh, awesome. And then they would share testimonies with me. Oh, I haven't smoked a cigarette in three days. Awesome, man. Praise the Lord. Oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't done this or I haven't done that in so many days. And I'm like, that's so, that's so awesome, man, like fist pump kind of thing. And it was just really, really awesome to see that in the place of me just just being obedient and just wanting to reach my friends uh, to see what the Lord would do. When I, would, uh, when I, was in, uh, I was still in high school at this point, when I went to my youth group, every so often I'd get to uh, preach at my youth group. And, uh, and as you walk into the room, uh, the, days that I, the, the times that I got to, to minister to my youth group, preach to them, um, you would walk in the room and it would smell like weed. Not because the youth group was all smoking weed, but because because when I when I when I uh, preached there, all my friends from high school that I was ministering to, they wanted to hear what I had to say. Isn't that amazing? Thanks for your support, Ryan. I appreciate you, bro. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, after. After uh, I graduate high school, I, I felt the Lord just really tugging my heart to go to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. And, um, and so that was my next move. First time out of my parents' house. Um, had a lot of learning curves to do, uh, but, but it, was, it was an incredible time. And so that's where I got to meet my awesome wife, Allison. So we actually started, we started dating. Um, I think two or three days that, uh, after she moved to Reading, so very very quick. Um, and uh, I was there for about two weeks or so, and so I, I didn't know that until later on down the road that she had told me that. Um, and so I, I saved her. You know, she was all alone by herself. I rescued her, and and so um, so so it was you know. Uh, Living in Reading was an incredible time. I really grew with the Lord. When I first moved there, I didn't know anyone. Um, the only two people that I knew in in the town at the time were the two people that I lived with, which I didn't know them. I just moved to this place with two other guys. Um, and so those were the only two names that really I knew in Reading, the only two people that I knew. And so I was just, I just remember one time I was in my in my room just praying to the Lord and and I got this, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, what, what, um, what legacy do you want to create for yourself? How do you want to be remembered? And I just began dreaming with the Lord. And I was like, God, I just, I just want to be known for loving your people. I just want to be known for, for just, just having a heart after you, right, like David. Like, I think many of us have prayed that at one point. I just want to have a heart after you, God. And... And so, so I began exploring what that looked like with the Lord. And I just remember the first couple weeks, I didn't know anyone. I, would, I lived in downtown Reading. There's a large uh, homeless population in downtown Reading specifically. So I would just walk out of my house, and I would just walk around for several hours. And I would just, I would just, um, just hang out with the homeless population in Reading. 
because what do you want to be known for? And, and, and I want to be known for loving God's people. And so I would go every, every night consistently before school started because I didn't have anything else to do really. Um, and I would just hang out. I would just sit there with, the, with, with some of the uh, people from the homeless community. And, um, and I would just listen, listen to them, just spend time with them. I learned a few, several valuable things. One of the most valuable things that I learned is that many people just want to be heard. They want you to know that they have a story. And uh, so, so it was, it was, uh, I learned so much. Um, you can learn something from anyone and everyone, especially if you've never lived in their shoes and that lifestyle. You can learn so much. And uh, the Lord just began just growing my heart just weeks before that, before I moved to Reading, actually, I remember walking through um, downtown Mobile, and I was so nervous to talk to anyone, really. I was, I was trying really hard, uh, but for whatever reason, the Lord just put, put a place of grace on my life in that season, really just to, just to go after loving people. See, so you can, I think so, uh, far, uh, far too often, we can maybe get our focus off of what, it, maybe it has to look like this, it has to look like that. No, we're just, we're just here to love people. And so after about four years, um, the Lord uh, spoke to Allison and I, and uh, he began uh, stirring up our hearts uh, for this area, for Hammond. And so, and so for, we, were pro- we were praying into it for about seven months, roughly, um, seriously praying about moving here. And, um, but the Lord, he was stirring up our hearts and we knew in our hearts that we needed a conviction. If we're going to move across the country, we need a conviction from God. And we need to know that we know that we know that he's sending us. Because there's no going back. Once you move across the country, it's not very easy to get back, right? And so we needed that conviction from the Lord. And, um, and, and I really believe that we heard the cries and the prayers of the people in this area for generations. You're sitting in this room today because, because 50, 100 years ago, somebody prayed for you. We don't realize that. We don't realize how far back it goes. You know, we don't realize the, the, the cries of the, the prayers of the righteous, the people, generations and generations and generations that were praying for their children, their children's children. They were praying for you, and you're sitting in this room experiencing the goodness of God because somebody prayed for you. And I really believe, I believe that the Lord um, used the, 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 the prayers of the righteous to stir our hearts up and to, and to move here. And I remember when we were uh, last year, around this time when we were visiting, as the plane was landing in New Orleans, the Lord was stirring my heart up so much. And I just remember, you, you probably going to think this is kind of funny, but I just remember as the plane landed, I stood up and I just, be, I said, there's a new king in Louisiana. And I could imagine they're probably thinking, what is this guy? He's crazy. And I said, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I just, in that moment, I just began talking about the love of God and how he wants to impact this area. And I was so fired up. It was, uh, it was awesome, and um, I believe Allison was sitting in a different, I don't think we were sitting together, we, we weren't, she was sitting in a different seat, and I could, from the distance, hear her ministering to somebody, and as I stood up, she's like, that's my husband right there, 
<laughs> and um, so I know she's proud of me, <laughs> even if she's embarrassed sometimes. But we truly believe that the Lord is, is he's moving in this area. I believe that God's going to do something powerful in this area. I believe that, that, we're gonna, that Hammond one day is going to be known for a place where the glory of God touched that you can't walk, I need you to dream with me, that you can't walk through the streets without feeling his presence, that you can't look on a street corner without somebody talking about Jesus or praying for somebody, right? I need you to dream with me. I need you to, 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 to know that each and every single one of us, we have a calling on our life. The Lord has placed a call of God on our life to impact the world around us. I just want to share a couple of testimonies. There's, uh, and many of you may know this because I share it quite a bit, but I haven't gotten to share publicly. Um, but there's uh, been two separate families. One was a single man and the other one was a married couple. Two separate people here in Hammond. And uh, that at one point they were homeless and now they're not. See, at one point, they were living in the streets, didn't have jobs, didn't have houses, and now they're not. At one point, they weren't living for Jesus, but now they are. They are living for Jesus. And, um, and it's really amazing to see there's nothing, I don't have, I don't have the... I don't have the, the money to do that. I don't have the resources to do that. I don't have the businesses to do that. I don't have the houses to do that. There's nothing that I could have done to, to see them change their life in such a radical way. But see, when you, when you open up your mouth and share the love of Jesus with someone, things happen. When you say, when you use the name Jesus, when you, when, when, when you, reference scripture and you talk about the love of God, things happen in the atmosphere. There's no other name more powerful than the name of Jesus Christ. That is the only name that changes, that changes people's situations, that changes people's lives, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for all of eternity. See, when we use the name of Jesus, when we, when we sh share the love of God with people, we're impacting eternity. God is using us to impact all of eternity. That's so amazing. There's nothing that we could do to, to make that happen. And um, there's, um, there's one last, uh, no, during no, uh, on November 3rd, that was our Thanksgiving servolution uh, where we got to go out into the community. And uh, I was actually with Miss Jane and I was with Ryan. And there was this one, there was this one lady, and it really, uh, her situation really impacted my heart. And what the Lord did really impacted my heart. It really spoke to me. So we're going out, handing out hot meals, and just creating space, creating opportunity for, for the Lord to move. And there was this one lady that we came across, and she, um, and we were like, yeah, we just want to give out food and bless our community. Is there any way that we may be able to pray for you today? And she says, pray? She said, I was just in a car accident last night. She totaled her car completely. And she had uh, pain all throughout her body. Um, not only her body, but her son was, was pretty, uh, pretty badly injured. And uh, in that moment, 
I don't even know if I had the faith for it. I may have, I may not have, but in that moment, I knew that I needed to pray, that we needed to pray for, for uh, this family. So we go and we begin praying for the, um, for the mom, the lady that was driving. And, uh, and after, I think, about two or so prayers, you know, we, we pray, check it out. Oh, it's kind of better. Pray it again. And, um, and she said that all of her pain was completely gone. She had pain all throughout her left arm, I think her left leg, um, her neck, I believe, maybe her back. I mean, she was, she was pretty badly injured. Uh, and the Lord completely, completely healed her. And not only that, but, but then I looked over at her son, and I was like, oh, he's going to get you too. I didn't say that, but that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, like, it's over with now, you know. The Lord's moving right now. And so he had, he had a crutch, um, and, uh, and he couldn't bend his leg. I mean, it was, it was very, very stiff, and if he tried really hard, there was a lot of pain. And so we prayed for him. And I just simply told him, I said, hey, the Lord is touching your mom. He wants to touch you too. So you don't deserve to be living in pain. And so we prayed for him. And uh, I believe after the first prayer, it was stiff, but he was able to move it a little bit more. It kind of got stuck as he was bending it up. And I, I don't know if we prayed for him twice or three times. I really don't remember. But I do remember during the last prayer, though, he was kicking his leg like this. And then you just see him running into the house putting the crutch away because the Lord completely touched him. To go from not barely being able to move your, your leg to running around, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Come on, let's just give it up for Jesus right now that he's touching people here in Hammond. So this is just a divine connection, divine appointment. There's no way that Allison and I would have been able to ever make this happen uh, in our lives. So a month later... That same family, during Christmas, right, that same family, we, uh, we stayed in connection with them and found out that they, I don't think they've ever been able to have a Christmas before. I, I don't think their kids ever knew what it was like to receive a gift on Christmas because uh, they could just never afford it. And that really just, uh, it impacted our hearts, man. And so what we what we did is we're like, well, you know, we, we can't do it, but we can reach out to some people who might be able to. And so we reached out to several of you here at the harbor. And um, and you guys went so far, um, just like so much more than we could have expected. We were able to fill up. They had a little small tree, and it was empty when we got there. We were able to fill up. I don't think you could barely see the tree uh, after we put all the gifts down. And, um, and it was so incredible, and she was weeping, crying. We actually have this test, uh, some of the testimony on a video um, that is on the Harbor Facebook page. I'm kind of giving you the long version. Um, and so she's weeping, and um, she's so thankful. If we would have just stopped at that, she would have been so thankful. Probably would have been the highlight of her year. But actually, uh, the local food bank here, Our Daily Bread, uh, they had allotted a certain amount of money. Um, to bless people during Christmas. And so me and Allison are in downtown New Orleans, and I receive a call from, from uh, John Hare. And he's saying, hey, we've got, we've got this gift card um, that, that can go to somebody. We can bless somebody. And, um, and but, but, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I would just wanted to see if you had any ideas of anybody who might be able to go to. And the first thought in my head was this lady that we uh, had just recently talked to. So we shared, this is before we got the, Chris, the Christmas presents, we shared, you know, they've never had um, 
a Christmas before. Their kids have never been able to have presents before. And um, and so I shared, we shared that with him. He gives us the gift card, and it was like the icing on the cake. They received, after all those gifts, they received a $500 gift card that they could use for anything. This is a family who never expected anything good to happen to them, right? I mean, there's just so much... There's so much hurt in this world. There's there's a lot of what we in the church sometimes call a poverty mindset where we just don't think anything is ever going to go good our way. And um, But see, the Lord is so much more powerful than that. And so he's just radically just touching people. So if we look at John 5, 19, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. We see in this passage, if we could keep it up for just a moment, we see in this passage that Jesus is perfect theology. We see in this passage that Jesus himself said, I don't do anything unless I see the father doing it. So we have to understand in this passage the Lord, uh, the, the, the Bible is showing us, the Lord's showing us that if we model Jesus, we're modeling God. That Jesus is perfect theology. Anything that Jesus did, you can also do. Any, anywhere that uh, Jesus, Jesus moved, you can also move. We need to understand that. We need to know that. There's a lot of lies in the world. There's a lot of lies in the church saying that we cannot move the way that Jesus moved. Scripture says that you can. And so we need to know and understand that, that Jesus, he empowers us to, to operate in the, in the same way that he operated. And so that's why we get to share the love of God with people. We get to see their miraculous. We got to see that lady's leg healed. It's because, of, it's because, because Jesus empowers us. Not anything that I can do, not anything that you can do, but by the grace of God, we can move in might and in power. See, we have, to, we, we, we have to know this because, because everybody desires to do something great in their lifetime. It's not a bad thing. We're created to know that, that, that there's something more. We're created to explore uh, and, and, to, and to go further and to do more. We're created with this desire to do something great. And the greatest thing that you and I can do is to be a part of something so much bigger than, than ourselves to be a part of the family of God, the legacy of God, the only legacy that will last for all of eternity, the only legacy that is victorious for all of eternity. See, this world is every day it's fading away. Our bodies break down. Things wither away every single day. Things, things are breaking down, withering away. The glory of God is forever expanding. You see, it's the opposite. The glory of the Lord is forever increasing and expanding. And that's the family, that's the team that we get, we get to be a part of. And um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and uh, look at uh, 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's desire that everybody will know him, right? He doesn't create somebody 
to, to be separate from them. He loves, he loves us so much. He loves people so much that he wants, he wants us to, to be with him, to be in communion with him, to know him, to spend time with him, because he's a God of love. He loves us so much. God desires that all will be saved. Not that some will be saved, but that all will be saved. It is God's desire that in Hammond, Louisiana, that all across Hammond, in every high school, middle school, every work environment, at every gas station that we go to, every grocery store that we go to, God is chasing people with his hands wide open. And he's waiting. He's got his hand stretched out, waiting for somebody to stretch their hand back. See, Jesus already paid the highest price. He already did the hard work. We get to walk into the grace of God. We get to walk in, into, um, into this place where, where we're just offering what has already happened. See, before we receive a healing, we have to know that it's already been paid for. That, the, that our healing comes from the price that Jesus paid. He bought that. He purchased it. See, God created each and every single one of us. Not only did he create us, but he purchased us. He bought us with his own blood because he loves us that much. There's been many times where I'm like, God, what do you, how do you feel about us? How, how do you see us to pay such a high price like that? You know, it's, it's something that we really we need to ponder on. It's something that we, we need to keep really in the, fore, the forefront of our minds. God, you're so good. You came down from, from paradise with all the angels and everybody just glorifying you. Just such a strong place of presence. And you came down to this earth that you created because you love us. Like, it's wild. It really is. It really is. Jesus Jesus paid the price not for some, but for all. I oftentimes think of um think of the two criminals on each side of the cross. And on one side, if you're familiar with this passage, on one side you've got one mocking him, saying, If you truly are the Son of Man, if you truly are then save yourself. And he was a little selfish, so he was like, and save us too, you know? <laughs> he was mocking him, but then he's like, save us. Save yourself. Let me see what you can do and save me as well. And then you've got the guy on the other side. And he says, to, he responds, do you not have any fear for God? This man is completely innocent. Everybody knows he's innocent. He's done nothing wrong. We are criminals. We deserve this. This man does not deserve this. And he looks to Jesus and says, remember me. And Jesus said, on this day, you'll be with me in paradise. See, I believe that all of creation... Every single person can be wrapped up in one of those two criminals. You've got one that's going to mock Jesus, that's not going to accept Jesus, that's not going to walk with Jesus, and you've got the other saying, you know, I'm wrong. I've done wrong. Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me. See, the, 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 the gospel 
It can offend. It can. Why? Because it, it demands a response. See, Jesus paid a price. He gave his life. And he requires that we give our life. It does not suggest a response, but it demands a response. It's either a yes or a no. You're in or you're out. This is a question that I've pondered for a long time. Not because I don't know the answer to it, but because it really just hits my heart. What soul is not worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? What person out there? Is there anyone out there that's not worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? See, we know the answer to that. We know that, that Jesus paid it for everyone. Is there somebody out there that is not loved by God? There is not one person out there that is not loved by God. And see, I oftentimes, I, re, I, I reflect on this question because I want to have that same mindset. I want to have that same heart posture that says, Lord, you paid it for everyone. You love everybody just as much as you love me, just as much as you've blessed me. You love everybody else the same amount. We can't even barely grasp our mind around that, how you can, how you can love somebody all equally, just so tremendously like that to where you, you're willing to lay your life down. But see, this is the message that we get to bring to people's lives. This is the message that say, hey, God loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for, for your life. He has, good pur- he has good purpose for your life. I, um, about two years ago or so, I had, a, um, I had a vision. This thought was actually inspired by Allison at one point. And, uh, and I just began dreaming with the Lord about it. But I, I had a vision of this, uh, this big mansion. And in this mansion, uh, we, knew that it was, we knew that it was God's house. It actually, I don't even know if she remembers, but it came from one of her dreams. And, um, and I just, in this vision, I just began exploring the house. And I just remember there was many, many empty rooms. And I don't know how much of this was inspired by Allison and how much I just kind of took with the Lord. But, but it really impacts me. And in this house, there was a bunch of empty rooms. And in that moment, the Lord said that not one room was meant to be left empty. It's the house of God. Then I, then I began, and in, in Scripture we see, we, 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 um, the Bible references a banqueting table. And so I began to dream even more and, and vi- have this vision even further. And I see this table, and... And I look at empty plates that haven't been eaten off of. They're still clean. Forks haven't been touched. And the Lord says, not one seat was meant to be left empty. Not one plate was meant to be left clean. Because in the house of God, he has a place for all of his children. Love is the foundation of our faith. The two most powerful forces in this world is love and fear. Every decision we make is based off of love or off of fear. It's either to press in or to step back. And, and every, every decision, every day, we get to choose. 
Am I going to walk in love or am I going to walk in fear? We have that choice. And our life is going to be ruled by one of those two. It's going to be ruled by either love or by fear. Let's look at John 3.16. Very, very familiar verse here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not a question as if they will be saved. For every person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will receive eternal life everlasting life see everlasting life is life with jesus with god when you separate god from the picture you no longer have everlasting eternal life you no longer have abundant life but with god see god is life jesus is life with him we receive everlasting life the moment that we give our lives to jesus and we say God, I surrender. I give my life to you. You have just in that moment, you've just stepped into your everlasting life, life with God. There's no going back from that, unless you're unless you intentionally say, God, I don't want I don't want to live for you anymore. But see, once we surrender our lives fully and completely, we get to spend the rest of our lives, not just in this world, but for all of eternity. We get to spend it with God. See, God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. He so much so loved the world that he says, I have to do something because the direction, the path that they're going in, it's not going to get them to me. And as we know, Jesus was not plan B. He was plan A from the beginning of the earth, from the foundations of the earth. The lamb was slain. And so God knew to, to be in relationship with his created man, that he had to do something. We know that for us to make an impact in this world, we have to do something. We know for us to make a difference in this lifetime, we, we're required to take steps to do something. Jesus loved the world, and then he changed the world. He loved the world, and then he changed the world. You cannot change the world until you first love the world. Let that seep down right there. He loved the world, then he changed the world. You cannot change the world until you love the world. We have the opportunity within our lives because of the price that Jesus has paid. He allows us... To, to walk in love. Apart from God, if somebody offends you, you offend them. Apart from God, if somebody does you wrong, you do them wrong. But see, with Jesus in our lives, now that he's rule of our lives, when somebody offends him, he dies on the cross for them. When somebody slaps them, he blesses them. When somebody offends you, you love them. If somebody desires to be distant from you and to uh, separate themselves from you because of the way that you live, you say, hey, I'm here for you. Whenever you need me, I got you. I'm here for you. 
Let's uh, let's go ahead and look at Habakkuk. I think that's how you say it. I've never really known how to say it, but I love this uh, this verse. Uh, chapter two, verse fourteen. This is a powerful verse. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. See, we we know that God is outside of time. He's he created time. He lives in time and outside of time. He's in all places. And this is a word from the, the eternal book of life. This is the word from, from God's word, God's living word, the Bible. This is this is this is when we look at the end of all of time, we see and we know based off of what God's word is saying that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. See, we're not we're not moving towards death and destruction, but actually we're moving towards life, towards abundance, because the the, the because the Spirit of God is roaming all across the earth, and we're on the winning team. Remember, I said that before. We're on the winning team, and so we need to know if God looks at the earth and He sees what it's going to be. We need to look at the earth and say, here in Hammond, Louisiana. The, the, the knowledge of the glory of God covers the whole place. Here in South Louisiana, here in, U, in the U.S., the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover, cover the sea. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And my question for you this morning, my question for you is what is compassion going to lead you to do today? What is compassion going to lead you to do tomorrow, five years from now, ten years from now? What, what is compassion going to lead us to do?